Welcome to the Spiritual Leadership Podcast with Pastor Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and founder and president of West Coast Baptist College. Welcome to the Spiritual Leadership Podcast, and I am excited about the fall season and so thankful that you're joining with us today. I did grow a beard this summer. I know many of you are uh, greatly saddened that I, I have been shaved, but uh, I've been converted and uh, I'm cleaned up and ready to go. Uh, I do want you to know that while I grew the beard, I uh, did not become a Calvinist. I did not uh, stop soul winning. I uh, did not get on a slippery slope. So I had a few folks that were worried, but uh, I'm thankful to be uh, cleaned up and ready to go for the fall and uh, looking forward to this uh, time with you today. Uh, I do want to take just a minute and answer a couple of questions that uh, have come in and uh, maybe try to be a blessing as we begin today's Spiritual Leadership Podcast. Uh, first question that uh, we've received is this question, could you give a few thoughts on being an effective soul winner? And you know, thank you for asking that question. Uh, frankly, a lot of the questions that, that are asked about ministry are uh, either uh, edgy or um, there's no consequence to it. And you've asked a great question. And I'll just share a few quick thoughts. First of all, uh, we have got to maintain a burden for souls. And, and that's easier said than done. I'll just say that my burden for souls comes from uh, recognizing the love of Christ. It constrains me because we've got to remember that if one, that if he died, if one died for all, then all were dead. And, and so, I believe keeping the burden is so important, just remembering what Christ did for you. Secondly, reading the scriptures and just realizing that we have a commission. And then thirdly, you know, if you'll just look maybe below the surface of what sometimes looks like success in our society and really look at the tragedies, I don't think a day goes by where I don't read a story of a, of a mother killing her child or uh, you know, a family disturbance where someone is killed. It's amazing. Uh, and when we see that, we know the answer is the gospel. When we see people marching out in the streets and uh, hurling uh, curse words, the answer is the gospel. And so keep your burden, and then I'll give you one second thought, is keep a list. Um, I live by lists, prayer lists. Uh, I have a list of things to do as, as a personal devotional uh, for my own personal life. I have a list of things I do for my family. I have a list of things to do as a pastor. I have a list of things to do as a preacher in the way of study. I have a list of things for the college. I have a list of things for staff development. And I have a list of people that I'm currently working with and praying that they'll be saved. Um, these are people that I meet out and about. I think a few days ago I was making a hospital visit and the Lord uh, opened an opportunity for me to speak to a man in the next room and uh, God uh, touched his heart in a very special way and had the privilege of leading him to Christ. I think we need to be soul conscious and, uh, and then keep a list of those that you're working always for salvation and baptism. I like to update that regularly as well. So thanks for asking that question and thanks for your heart for souls. Here's a great question as well. How do you avoid going through just the, motive, the, the motions of ministry and, uh, and just kind of, uh, this person says, just kind of performing uh, in ministry. And I think I understand that. Uh, and let me say that when you're in a, a feeling or in a season like that, uh, I don't know that it's necessarily your fault or even the culture of the ministry where you are. I think oftentimes uh, we do get into routines and uh, we kind of just are, you know, clocking in, clocking out. 
but none of us want to stay there. Uh, we want our ministries to be Christ-centered. Some people like the term gospel-centered. Uh, I, I really believe that the key is that uh, your motives in your heart are right. You know, sometimes people say, well, I was just doing it for that man. Again, I'm a leader, so let me speak from the, from the vantage point of being a pastor. That's not, what, not always the pastor's fault. If you have a, a tendency towards people-pleasing or performancism, uh, you need to get more deeply rooted and grounded in your identity in Christ and, and do what you're doing for the Lord. Uh, but sometimes, again, any of us can just start doing certain things because we're being watched. The congregation's watching us. Other pastors are watching us. I wrote a book some years ago just simply entitled Sacred Motives because I was questioning those issues in my own life. Here's some of the chapter titles. And, and this is all about why do I do what I do? Uh, but I do it for the glory of God, a lost world, because of my acceptance in Christ, uh, because the word of God commands it, uh, because of the love of Christ for me, because of the local church and the body aspects of being responsible, because of the generations coming up behind me, because of my own family, because of America, I want this to be a better country for my grandchildren, and because of my calling, I've been called to this. There's 10, there's 10 sacred motives, and I'm gonna offer that book uh, for the first uh, 50 of you uh, that uh, would either uh, call in or uh, email uh, at the contact information below. Sacred motives. Uh, I think it's important that we're not merely performing, but that Christ is in the middle of everything that we do. So thanks for that question. And finally, one question on the nomination of deacons. Uh, someone said, how do you go about doing that? At Lancaster Baptist, uh, our deacons have always been the nominating committee. They can uh, nominate on a private ballot, uh, and that's usually a three by five card, and it's usually done after a month of prayer. And then uh, we take a moment in the meeting uh, with heads bowed and eyes closed. I then read the names of all those who've been nominated, and uh, those deacons have uh, a veto power there. Uh, if they may have seen somebody that had, you know, been drunk, or you know, they they may know something that disqualified them. Rarely do they do that in the sense of raising their hand, but I'm always thankful when they do. And, uh, and so uh, then normally I have a good group from that standpoint to begin uh, interviewing. Sometimes we determine we need two or three deacons and I might interview five or six. Uh, sometimes good men decline uh, for various reasons, uh, but uh, it's always done in that fashion. And I, I've encouraged our church, don't ask people, uh, you know, why uh, aren't you a deacon? Because they might be talking to someone who's been married a couple of times or had a past and they don't need to discuss that. But uh, it's worked well for us. I thank the Lord for our deacons and I hope that uh, that helps you. Well, today I'm very happy to be joined on the Spiritual Leadership Podcast by Pastor Dean Miller from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And uh, Brother Miller's uh, been a blessing to me. And we're gonna talk today about the subject of growing as a leader. And uh, I guess, you know, when we're young and starting off in ministry, we feel like we have all the answers. <laughs> and the longer you're in the ministry, you realize uh, you have so much more to learn. And uh, uh, I'm just so thankful for the fact that God is gracious. Uh, he's a lot more patient with us than uh, sometimes others are. Uh, but I, I wanna begin today, uh, Brother Miller, with uh, just maybe a quick word, if you would, just maybe tell us how long you've been in the pastorate. and. Um, uh, especially the pastorate there in Mississippi, and just give a word of introduction. Sure. Well, it's uh, good to be here, Brother Chapel. Thank you for uh, your friendship and, and your example in my life. I've um, 
been at Central Baptist Church in Hattiesburg for 12 years. Uh, the Lord called our family there in 2006, shortly after Hurricane Katrina. So we came into a, into a ministry that was hurting in a lot of ways. They'd been without a pastor and then many people recovering from the storm. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a blessing, 12 years uh, that we've served there. And, and um, prior to that, I'd been a youth pastor, worked with my dad for a number of years in Colorado. So, you know, ministry has been life for right. me since the very beginning. Right. And of course, we're both uh, PKs. Uh, we raised in pastors' homes. And I think sometimes uh, PKs have a little edginess too when it comes to kind of, we know what we need to know. <laughs> uh, but but I'm, I'm really drawn this morning to Second Timothy, probably, uh, practically speaking, my favorite book of the Bible because it just speaks to what we do and who we're supposed to be. And, and Paul said to Timothy in chapter two and verse one, thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And when you read this chapter, uh, he uses words like uh, consider what I say and study to show thyself approved and, and I charge thee therefore. And uh, you see uh, an older uh, man, an apostle, challenging a younger man to, to keep growing in grace, uh, to be strong in the warfare. And, you know, I, I think about uh, the areas of, of leadership. I did not always use the term servant leadership, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I did not always uh, emphasize growth and grace, maybe to the extent that we do now. And, uh, it, you know, the fact is that, that we must be strong in the grace. And it's interesting that Paul is sort of encouraging Timothy, in essence, to be stronger. You know, he had a weak stomach. I think he would have had trouble confronting maybe some of the elders or whatever at Ephesus. But, but Paul was challenging him. And our job as pastors is uh, really uh, to be strong, mm -hmm. but to be strong in grace. Right. To speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. And uh, I know that uh, years ago, God really convicted me about, boy, I want folks to come out soul winning, but I want the Holy Spirit right. in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. I want folks to give and to give to missions, but I want it to be grace giving. And of course, uh, I think we both have seen models where there was probably some fleshly pressure and, you know, and uh, there was some contrived action that was done in the church. But I think uh, while some may view that as just, yeah, that's the way, you know, independent Baptist are or whatever, or any Baptist, uh, the fact is that uh, there's a growing, growing number of uh, leaders that, that are passionate about seeing God at work. And why don't you take a minute and talk, talk about that with us, maybe a couple of areas. You don't have to confess all your sins, right. but you know, just maybe a couple of things. Well, that, we don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> but just maybe some areas where you say, you know, the Lord's had to work with me in this area or that. Well, the Lord's had to work with me uh, and he still is. I, I, I tell our people all the time, I am a growing Christian. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I, think, I think it's it's vitally important that we understand that, that some of the great men in the Word of God, you know, you're referencing Timothy and his, and his fear, mm -hmm. and really it was a fear of man mm -hmm. in, a lot of, in a lot of ways. Peter dealt with the same thing. Peter had the vision from the Lord to go to Cornelius and to minister there, and he did, and then he began to meet with some of these Gentile believers. Then he got pressure from the circumcision. Mm -hmm. He backs off from that, uh, really because the fear of the brethren mm -hmm. and not really knowing how to, how to guide through all of that. And then Paul had to confront him, and Peter closes his life and his epistles with fear God. 
honor the king, love the brotherhood, right? And he closes his last epistle with that we would grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I think for me, you know, early on in my ministry, I was, I was very quick to poly parrot everything that I've heard. And in some sense, that's very good. It's safe because you have good mm -hmm. men mm -hmm. that, have, that have influenced you. You can parrot and, and really, you know, I heard the phrase, borrow my convictions until you get your own. Right. And that may be good in a sense, but you have to get your own. Right, right. And you don't get your own from the brethren, you have to get it from the Lord. Right. And there has to be, we have to give time for grace to do its work. Right. Peter obviously had a long process there mm -hmm. uh, in the fear of man. I mean, it started with Peter back with a, a little damsel at a fire. He was afraid of her. And it's just an indi it's indicative in Peter's life all the way through that he, he dealt with that until he came to a place where he realized, you know, I'm going to fear the Lord Amen. and I'm going I'm to grow. And, and I think in my life, I, I'm, I'm 45 now, and I'm coming to a place in my realization that more than pleasing the brethren, more than pleasing the people that are in my network, uh, I want to please the Lord, and Amen. I've got to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've got to know Him more, and I've got to know what He knows more, mm -hmm. and let that work of grace be done in my life. And I think if, if, if I'll continue that journey, then I can finish my course faithfully. Well, I think that's, uh, you know, looking back uh, in, into our upbringing, for which we're both thankful for our heritage, by the way, um, but I, I feel like we grew up in homes and environments where it was kind of like borrow my convictions, and we did. But then you have, and I think every young man around maybe age 30 kind of has this crisis of what are my convictions? You know? Right. So I appreciate your honesty there. Um, and, and I do think there's a, there's a tension between uh, the principle of the fear of man is a snare and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? right? And it's interesting because sometimes we will, and I think rightfully so, you know, challenge those that are coming along newer in ministry about over-contextualizing their ministry uh, because we sense that may be born of the fear of man. You know, hey, you know, be careful that you're, you know, not preaching solid expository or even declarative messages simply because you don't want to make people feel bad or that you're really, you know, uh, dropping, uh, you know, areas of holiness in the church or faithfulness in the church, maybe just because you're, you know, worried about membership. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and over-contextualization is, is obviously uh, an issue of the church today. But the, the younger pastors would often say, well, uh, yeah, but you, know, you just do that because you're afraid of you know, what your peer group might think right. if, if you didn't uh, dress a certain way or do a certain thing. And I think uh, both arguments have validity mm -hmm. because uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, uh, and within the fear of the Lord, and one of the reasons we're independent and autonomous churches and pastors is, there's liberty sure. there. Um, and, and yet, we've got to grow in that grace mm -hmm. and not use that liberty as an occasion to the flesh or just you know, to do what we want. Uh, tell me about, uh, with respect to growth, um, you know, I, I really believe that uh, a lot of the growth that's needed is in the area of just humility. Yes. And you know we've seen uh, you know various forms of rancor amongst you know Christian servants, and and I, I think sometimes, and perhaps you'd say the same. You know, when I was in my 20s, I just wanted to take up the the battle for this preacher or that group or whatever. 
Um, but honestly, uh, we're seeing now, you know, these that would uh, maybe have been through some of those days and there's a spirit of, uh, I don't know if it's animosity, um, that, that is still present in the sense, but now it's kind of the pendulum's the other way. So 20 years ago, it might have been, you know, guys that were just thumping because of preferences. Right. Now it's guys <clears throat> that are, you know, th that are talking about grace, but thumping guys that aren't yes. having the same interpretation. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, it seems like humility uh, is something that we all need to have in the conversation. Um, yeah. This this edginess seems like flesh to me. But how do you grow in the in the humble spirit of conversing with people who aren't right where you are? Well, I think I think it comes back to one of the basic tenets of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. One of the great things that our that our faith is built on is submission, and it mm -hmm. starts with submitting yourself to the Lord. If mm -hmm. we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, mm -hmm. okay, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? So there's a submission, first of all, to the Lord. And then the Bible clearly teaches submitting yourselves one, one to another, another yeah. in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Not submitting yourselves one another in the fear of man that, right. you know, I want to I want to reflect mm -hmm. the group think. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm afraid of the group that I'm in, yeah. but I need to submit myself one to the other in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And, and, and doing things, Paul warned us, doing things not for eye service, not, not for men pleasers, yeah. but as unto the Lord. Do it heartily as unto the Lord. And, and I think one of the things that we're seeing in our, in our generation today is that some of the things that the, probably 20 years ago we would have been hammered for uh, you know, being contentious. In the name of grace, I think that pendulum has swung some. Mm -hmm. And what we are accused of or what we accuse that generation of, we can be guilty of doing the same thing, the exact same thing, just under a different, yeah. a different cloak. Yeah. It's sort of like in the secular world, people that scream about tolerance are right. the most intolerant, intolerant toward Christianity. Yes, it's, and yeah, I've seen this for 20 years with uh, those that talk about grace. And of course, I wrote the book Guided by Grace, and you know, but people that want to talk about, uh, you know, we need to grow in grace and we're accepted and unconditional acceptance and are not gracious towards those who maybe, you know, I really feel like there has to be liberty both ways. I mean, right. if someone wants liberty in a particular realm of their ministry, they've got to give someone else who's more conservative the same liberty. Right. Uh, and yet in the spirit of preferring one another. Sure. You know, I don't know when people are ever going to come to the place of realizing that, uh, you know, someone uh, may have a, a, a slight difference and, and yet if you're not the pastor of that church, you know, just, just mm -hmm. pastor your church. And I really believe that uh, when we're talking about Timothy, be strong in grace, there's a good principle for our leadership, grow in grace. Secondly, grow in humility. Mm -hmm. um, humility means that I don't always have to give my opinion on every tweet. Right. You know? uh, and then thirdly, um, I think uh, there's an area that we should, we should touch upon here as a growing leader, because obviously grace is going to come from the Holy Spirit. Humility is going to come as we walk in the Spirit and as we pray and seek God's face. But let's talk about growing in truth. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know about you. I, I don't know how many messages I've preached. I've been here 32 years. I've preached two or three times a week, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, thousands of messages. And I look at some of my early outlines and boy, are they scary. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, God bless these folks. And, you know, sometimes, you know, someone might have been at our church during, you know, say 1988 or whatever. And, and, uh, and I, I want to almost go up and apologize. To right. Say, sure. hey, look, at, we're a lot better now, you know. But tell me how your, um, your study and your uh, time with the Lord um, has uh, grown as a preacher. Well, it's, 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 it's been a great journey because I realize daily that I don't know as much as I thought I knew. Mm -hmm. And I was really preaching with a lot of confidence in the early days based on what I thought I knew. And, and I tell our folks all the time, you know, one of the things that proves the Bible to be true to me is that it survived so much shoddy preaching, mm -hmm. and yeah. specifically mine. Yeah. And, I, and I feel the same thing. I want to go back and apologize to our folks, but, but I really believe that just going back to preaching the Word of God. Amen. Paul, Paul's emphasis was to preach the Word. And I think the preacher has got to get in. For my, for my life, I went back and I just began to take Psalm 119. Yeah. And verse by verse by verse begin to just look at the ministry of the Word of God. Amen. What it meant to me, what it means to me, what it's to, to do to me. And my prayer is this, Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things. Mm -hmm out of my law and then go to my Bible with that attitude of submitting to its authority. I'm not coming at it that I'm an authority in the Word of God. It's the authority and I want to just declare the Word of God. And so my study has really has really grown to be coupled with more time in prayer, mm -hmm. more time with just in the Word of God and letting the Holy Spirit guide me into truth. And I want to tell you, that's difficult. It's easier just to grab a commentary and find somebody's thoughts on the passage. Mm -hmm. But when you let the Holy Spirit begin to lead you and guide you, uh, it's, it's, been, a great, it's been a great blessing in my life and a great journey that uh, there, there are things in the Word of God that I knew, but I knew them with head knowledge. Yeah. But when you get into that study, the Holy Spirit begins to really personalize those. Well, I've found in my life that if I don't get 20 to 30 hours a week of study and prayer, mm -hmm. I'm in trouble on yes. Sunday. And uh, I read a great book this summer entitled The One Thing. And it really talked about, you know, getting small before you can get big. And, uh, and for a preacher, we have to make study and, and preparation yes. that one thing. And uh, I, had a, I had a younger pastor friend of mine tell me several months ago, he said, you know, a lot of young people, they, they don't want to hear, you know, bold declarative preaching. He even right. said they don't want expository preaching. And, I was like, man, there's another thing I have to know that people don't want to hear. And I've been right. doing it for 32 years. Mm -hmm. I have messed up, you know. Uh, and I, I think I understood what he was saying is they don't want to hear caustic, saber-rattling, sure. non-content. Sure. You know? um, but then I was talking to another young pastor who greatly encouraged me. He said, hey, Pastor Chapel, he said, if it's rightly dividing the word and if it's a, you know, if, you're, if someone's preaching the Bible, bring it on, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the stronger the better. And I really found in our church that um, even if I'm teaching a, a tough passage uh, and preaching on a tough passage, if it's being rightly divided and it's with the spirit of compassion and passion, people really yes. appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've touched on three of the areas today uh, that are so vital. You know, growing in grace, that's the disposition of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, the ability to, um, to lead in the way that Jesus would lead. Uh, growing in humility, that's the ability to say, it's not my way or the highway, it's the Lord's way. And, uh, and it sometimes uh, methodologically happens differently in different countries. Mm -hmm. 
and just having a humility one towards another. I see, especially on social media, and I don't follow a ton of stuff, but you know, you sometimes see uh, people just shouting out at each other, you know, and, and uh, I don't think there's a place for that. No. Uh, no. You know, we need to recognize, we're commanded, in fact, in Ephesians 4, to use that which is to the use of edifying, edifying. in our speech, yes. right? And then, uh, and of course, growing in the Word. And I told our church Sunday night, you know, there's so many trollers out there on the internet and they want to talk about this method and this controversy and all of that. And the Bible says, foolish and unlearned questions avoid because they do gender strife. Mm -hmm. And I said to our church, I haven't even preached every book of the Bible. I, I've been here 32 years. I've preached 30, 33 or 34 books, right? So I've still got 33 to go. Right. I don't have time to mess with someone's you know, argument out sure. there. You know? yeah. So I hope some of these thoughts have helped you today as we just consider that this is the Spiritual Leadership Podcast. And, uh, and if it's going to be spiritual, then let's keep growing as, as God's men and let's grow in grace and let's grow in humility and let's grow in truth. Amen. And we don't have to uh, you know, leave one out for the other. And uh, thank you for joining with me today it's, and it's uh, right. appreciate you and look forward to having you with us this week. Amen. We're thank off you. to a great start here at West Coast Baptist College and a great number of freshmen. I'm, I'm glad to have students from your church as well. And uh, be sure to remember the book, Sacred Motives. And if you'd like a copy, email us and uh, pray that God will richly bless you this month. Amen. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Leadership Podcast. If there's a question or topic you would like Pastor Chapel to address in future episodes, send an email to qa at lancasterbaptist.org.